Warning, Geesebumps is a comedy podcast based on the works of R.L. Stein. Any similarity to an actual literature podcast is coincidental and unintentional. Read at your own risk. Skipper Matthews has an awesome comic book collection. His favorite one is called The Mask Mutant. It's about an evil supervillain who's out to rule the universe. Skipper can't get enough of the mutant until one day he gets lost in a strange part of town and finds a building that looks exactly like the mutant's secret headquarters. A building that appears and disappears. Has Skipper read one too many comic books? Or does the mask mutant really live in Riverview Falls? I don't like the use of the term mutant so willy-nilly. It almost sounds derogatory. Whoa, Jeff, you're right. The Bumps, a Did You Mean Goose the Bumps podcast. My name is Danielle. I have a PhD. My name is Jojo, and my laundry has to be moved to the dryer, and I have a PhD. <laughs> my name is Jeff, and if we treated this like a Give Yourself Goosebumps episode, we would be wondering, will Jojo ever get his clothes into the dryer? I turned to page 12, and it says Jojo died going downstairs trying to get to the laundry room. <laughs> I died. Go- I almost died going downstairs because I-, I tripped on a step. So it's it's you know it's fu- it's funny, Jeff, but it's like it's not that funny. You know what I mean? It would be funny to see from afar, like if you had some sort of uh, security camera, like a ring cam outside your door, and there was no sound, and it was just you falling down the stairs. That's fun. Falling down is funnier when there's usually no sound involved. I think he left. I think he did. He really leave? Oh, he did leave. That asshole. Wow. What an unprofessional podcaster. I'm going to give him, ooh, this is going on his permanent record. Yeah. Uh, Give him a red card. He's going to get a red card. He's off the the field. He's off the pitch. Flag on the play. Flag on the play. Bad. Well, so since he's gone, Daniel, I can ask you, what's going on in your world? Because I know that's a thing that you want to talk about. Well, let's see. So this week, uh, I had a couple days of just being like so exhausted I can't get up which seems like a made-up thing because like one day I was so exhausted I couldn't get up to go to the kitchen the next day I was okay and able to repot a plant and then it just like they go in such unpredictable waves that it's irritating This is not news to you. No, I'm very well aware of this. (laughs) But I did uh, make an attempt at getting back into the garden. I I shook some bat poop and ground up bones onto the plants. Very plant being a a botanist is very much like being a witch, but for but for nature. Yes, it is like eye of newt, tongue of toad kind of shit. A shit of bat. Shit of bat, uh, bone of bone of owl. I don't whatever. know what, what bones they bone use. of anything. What a great opening bit, you guys! Hey, I'm sorry, Jojo. You don't get to say shit because you walked away from the microphone. 
Well, now I'm back, and now we can now we can start talking about the book we read. Guys, what what book did we read for today's episode? This was Goosebumps number twenty five, Attack of the Mutant. Attack of the Mutant, mutants or mutant? Mutant. 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 On the cover of this book is a fellow in a in a s- outfit. <laughs> What's his outfit look like? Yeah, Joe? describe it to me if you could describe it's it. Kind of like Batman. It does look like Batman. Yeah, it's very But with Batman. a big, big old hand and uh, one, two, three, four, five fingers. And on the back behind him is a is a building that's blue and uh, green or purple and green. And it kind of looks uh, kind of looks phallic. Yeah, I was like, isn't it, it definitely phallic? It looks a little looks a little phallic. And the top of it looks kind of like a boob. T- this is definitely a Tim, a Tim Jacobus original. Yeah. You know, good at drawing a superhero looking guy. Yeah. I yeah. will say yeah. it's very action oriented. He's flying off the cover at you. It's well, uh, this is the thing, Jeff. Like, is he flying or is he falling down? Because that's how someone falls forward. Yeah, he is. He is falling. He's trying to do that trust fall and there's no one there to catch him. And there's no one to catch him. Trust falls are done backwards. That's why he's so bad at it. Yeah, because he can't even figure out which direction. He doesn't even know which way to go, and he got no one there. He just thought, he just like, trust fall, I can do that. I guess, uh, I guess I'll, uh, hey, Jeff, I guess I'll count that one as a recovered. Um, yeah, nice right. job. Well done. Yeah. Hey, we did it. This book I had to get off of uh, Google Play Books. Uh, oh. It was not available via Kindle. Really? I thought it was a... I thought it was a popular one, but maybe not. I thought it was too. This is this is one of the few goosebumps I actually remember reading as a kid purely because it had to do with comic books and superheroes. And it has a nice color scheme on the OG cover. It's it like or it's like orange and uh white. Um but I don't believe this was reprinted. This is the only cover. There's no like reprint new cover they did for for this like they did a lot of the other ones. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know why. What was your thoughts on it? Did you like it? Um I I I liked the beginning. I li- I liked the warm up. Okay. And I appreciate a lot of the little like uh written word nuggets uh, at the end that are really good. Uh and that's but there's no there's no sense to this plot. There's there's a it raises an interesting question and then refuses to answer it. D- Joe, what was your thoughts on this book? Oh, that was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I thought this one was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, comparatively speaking, I actually think this is probably one of the better ones we've read in uh, the past couple months. I, I liked everything until like the end just didn't try to make really any sense of what was happening. Well, like, the end had to have something happen. So like that I didn't care for, but um, it was pretty good throughout. <laughs> <laughs> most of it, most of it, I, I would say, I think I said to Danielle, the, the last fourth I didn't care for. Maybe even the last sixth I didn't care for. How about we do the, how about we do the synopsis? Jeff, who wants us to have structure in our show? Hey, we all want that, but I just voiced it. <laughs> you're the voice of a, of an you're the voice show. of, you're the voice of treason because you betrayed Danielle and I. <laughs> <laughs> so who, so who wants to do the the synopsis? We'll call it. We'll call it. We say it's two minutes, but it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, who wants to do the two minute? I think Danielle, you did it last time. Joe, do you want to do it this time? Uh, yeah, I suppose I could be bothered. I also owe you a bone, Joe. You want to do something? You want to do something important? You want? You want to? You want to? Oh, you want to go? Hey, you want, hey, want to go for a ride in the car? <laughs> hey, 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 want to go for a ride in the car? Some McDonald's. <laughs> want some Sprite? <laughs> uh, I will put a timer on my. 
yeah. thing, whatever. Just for funsies. Just for fun. Just for good times. Here I um go. Uh, Attack of the Mutants is about some dude named Skipper Matthews. He really likes comic books. He has a sister named Mitzi who barely shows up. He has a friend named Wilson who collects stamps who barely shows up. Uh, and uh, his favorite uh, thing to do is, other than collect comics, is read one specific comic series called The Mass Mutant. His parents believe that he spends too much time looking at his comics. At the start, his dad threatens to throw them out, but then doesn't at the last second. Um, he meets a girl named Libby, who is also into comics, but she likes, I guess, Archie or whatever this universe's version of Archie is. And he thinks it's like, oh, that's you're not a real gamer. Um, but then mm-hmm. they accidentally find uh, a building that looks a lot like the headquarters of the mass mutant. And he starts going to it uh, very consistently and breaking into it. And he is reading comics at the same time that are being delivered directly to his house in an envelope. And the envelope contains a comic book of the mass mutant that details the, his adventure the previous day. Um, and so finally he and Libby, who for whatever reason keeps showing up on the bus with him, uh, <laughs> break into the headquarters and start poking around and he gets lost. And there's one part where he finds like, a comic book that's just like describing what was happening or what was going to happen. Um, and then they keep going and fleeing and going and fleeing and Libby keeps getting lost and then found and lost and then found until finally <laughs> he gets a comic book that says the galloping gazelle, who was, I guess the flash superhero was trapped in there. So he went to go rescue the galloping gazelle also kind of not believing that it was really there. Um, he went by himself, found the galloping gazelle, the galloping gazelle and him went, tried to escape. Uh, they were, attacked by the mutant and then Libby shows up and says hey wait no um, this is a magic toy ray gun because we're actually in a comic book and she's able to kill the masked mutant but it turns out she didn't kill the masked mutant and she was the masked mutant and she had captured uh, Skipper because she, uh, the masked mutant wanted a new supervillain who Skipper could be because Skipper knew everything about masked mutant comics and then it turned out that Skipper was an elastic boy or some shit and he turned the mutant into sulfuric <laughs> acid left cut himself found out that he had ink for blood and that's the end <laughs> Uh, Turn into my live journal account there at the end. (laughs) I cut myself and I bleed ink. Yeah, I I appreciate the part where you said, here's a character. They don't show up that much. Here's another. This book could have literally been Skipper and Libby, and that is. Yeah, it it didn't need anyone else. But boy, does it have other people just for the fun. Just for the funs. That was, uh, it was a pretty, it was a book. It (laughs) It was a book. Yep. Wasn't scary. At no, any point, no, I, I wouldn't really call it a horror book. No, this or is a definitely scary more book. sci-fi. Yeah, there was some scary. There was some scary parts, like him him getting getting a comic book that describes the specific things that you are doing, as if you were a fictional character. That's pretty scary. No, it's it's creepy. That's more existential dread than scary. It's existential. Okay, creepy. Jeff, what's fear? Let's <laughs> break no, it no, down. No, no, hey, no, wait, shut up, shut up, <laughs> everyone, shut up, <laughs> Jeff. Describe fear for me. Hold on. I got to go do my laundry real quick. I'll be back in 10 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That was creepy. That was creepy. I just like the idea that we have this character who's like, I, I that's that's my that's what gets me rock hard in Goosebumps book is characters who aren't don't can't tell if they're insane or not. (laughs) That was. Yeah. Yeah. So the I guess the the big reveal at the end, which is, I don't know if it's even a reveal, but like basically the spo- main spoilers, character, by the way. <laughs> spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. <laughs> we don't want to, we don't want to spoil this next Marvel movie. Um, is that the main character at some point? And I guess we'll talk more about it when we get to the individual parts, but like the reason this book fell off at the end for me is that it just, 
it set up things that you're like, that's an interesting idea, but it didn't make sense logically at all, which I don't expect from a Goosebumps book. I don't expect it to, to be like all connected pieces making sense. But like the main character, Skipper, at some point early on gets turned into a comic book character and then is a comic book character. And the only real thing that, that pops up because of that is that when he cuts himself, he bleeds ink. It, it, it was a good solid buildup. It's a lot of like mystery. It's a good mystery. It's a good mystery. Until the end when it's just like, uh, we need to, we need to just wrap this up. Yeah. When so. it's just like, you know, it's Agatha Christie up until the last 10 chapters and then it becomes the matrix three. Also Joe fear is an intensely unpleasant emotion in response to perceiving oh, or recognizing a danger or threat. So that's what that's, internet. that's mm. my personal opinion. Okay. <laughs> that's my personal assessment. Of the <laughs> yes. Situation. You and Mr. Webster. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah it's it's a lot of comic book stuff it name drops some stuff so i guess we can maybe get into to the yeah, meat of the let's, book let's get into it let's so get i into this i think i have the beginning yeah okay um, yeah hey jeff why don't, you, why don't you kick this one off why don't you want me to kick this one off yeah, kick yeah. this one off. kick this one in i'm gonna kick it i'm gonna kick it kick in this one down so this book it's weird because it's ve- the pacing is very odd um it starts off with possibly one of the most boring conversations that I think I've oh ever read. Oh my in a god! Book. But so classically, like captures what comic weird book ki- weird guys. kids with weird hobbies. I guess this is like, what a comic book kid's conversation would look like. Uh, it it opens with him just hanging out with his friend. They need to build that skipper. All skipper cares about, all he gives a fuck about in his whole life is comics. So much so that he has a very exaggerative view about what comics are going to be worth for somebody collecting <laughs> them in the 90s. Can you read some of that? I can. You know what? what yeah. Bro, give us a passage. Let me let me let me pull it up. So this is this is literally page one of the book. Yes. Uh, well, not page one, but it's, yeah, page one of the actual story. It starts off giving us the view of our main character, which again becomes a main character that I don't like. Yes. I don't care about Skipper. He's kind of a. Not, he's not an asshole. He's just no, like he's just kind of uh, oblivious. He's kind of just like in his own world. Uh, really big in the comics. He's hanging out with his friend Wilson. The first, literally, first line of the book is, "Hey, put that down." And, yeah. and then Danielle he says, uh, "The second line: If you get a fingerprint on it, it will lose half its value." It's like, so, bro. So he's not a comic book collector as far yes. as he likes to read the stories. He literally yes. purchases them for, for the monetary value. For monetary it's value. It's an investment. Except it's for an NFT. Ex- for, ex- yeah, except for the mass mutant. Um, yes. And he's hanging out with his good friend, Wilson. And Wilson kind of gets, I mean, I don't know. RL kind of gives Wilson the business. W- Wilson, I have a hard time really describing what Wilson's whole deal is. Wilson's uh, whole bag. deal is as follows. He's big. He's big. He's, big, he's muscular. Uh huh. He's, he's got blonde hair. He's strong. He is the superhero. Even though he apparently is a big nerd. Well, because he collects rubber stamps. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but doesn't really, seem to know why he does no, it. No, but likes to talk about it a lot. Yeah, but let's 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 move the big nerd thing aside because that's not really relevant in this particular instance. Because again, our main character is comic book fellow. Yeah. So nerds really, are the, like, the common flavor of this book. Like it's sort of like. <laughs> It would be idiotic to have a tier list of stupid interests <laughs> because Everyone that's is all this book is. Big nerd. They're all big nerds. On page three, Skipper is like, "You should collect comic books." Blah blah. Twenty years will be worth a lot. And then, and then Wilson's like, "I collect rubber stamps." Not even a category. He just states it. And then, yeah. And then Homeboy's like, "Rubber stamps," and he's like, "Yeah, I got about a hundred of them." 
And, yeah. and then, yeah. and then Skipper would be like, well, what can you do with rubber stamps? <laughs> and he goes, hey, you stamp things with them. Yeah. <laughs> or you can look at them. <laughs> and then he goes, are they valuable? And he's like, no. And then he says, bye. And bye. he leaves. <laughs> The entire interaction between the main character and his best friend who lives next door. This first chapter is so on point because it's like (laughs) it's it's telling you everything you need to know about this character. And it's setting up this world in which he. You're like, we're not going to get any cool people in this book. No, everyone's trouble. Single. The only interesting cool person left the book. He's a gatekeeper. (laughs) He thinks that he's like got a genius investment in all of these comics that he can't touch yeah he's very much he's he's the kind of guy who literally like you can't touch it don't read it uh, it's going to be worth millions of dollars which if you don't know much about what happened with comic books in general in the 90s i almost think it's like i, I would love it if arl stein put that in there that the main character thinks his collection is going to skyrocket when the 90s was abysmal for comics where it almost made most com- <laughs> like it made almost publishers like shut down yeah. because the wow. the comics that they were released in the 90s were so garbage everyone was that, a clone yeah, yeah spider-man <laughs> was a clone Bat- superman died batman got they they had to like that's when comics started really sort of um, relying on like big shock events mm. to to drum up interest, and then and then they were like, "Fuck, what do we do later?" Yeah. Now, now there's four Supermen. <laughs> Whoops. And uh, at the end of this, it goes. Uh, Wilson this is on Stallone's page three. Wilson is uh, tall and skinny and blonde and blue eyed. Uh, I always feel like a dark, chubby mole next to him. <laughs> I did like that part. If, <laughs> I like that finally the main character is, is the, the one that's getting sh- the fat, fat shaming. shaming themselves, <laughs> which is interesting. The fat shaming has reached a new level. If we were in a comic book, Wilson would be the superhero and I would be a sidekick, which is also very interesting. Yeah. It's- I'd be I'd be the pudgy, funny one who was always messing up. And then goes, and then goes, and then says, and this is, and we call this is dramatic irony because as we know, we know what's going to happen because we saw the cover. It says, uh, it's a good thing life isn't a comic book, right? <laughs> and then as soon as Wilson left, I turned back to my dresser and saw shit. Who cares? <laughs> Who gives a fuck? It's awesome shit, whatever. The so fuck. we've got Wilson. Those are the only. So main kid and his friend and Wilson, just so you know, spoiler alert, Wilson plays no important yeah, Wilson, role in the entire book. No, Wilson he's just only there. shows up with stamps he, and he's, he's, he does. he's just there. And then he's barely there. He yeah. is yeah. there to kind of, I think he's there to kind of make the main character look more interesting I than he so. really I is. I think he's there to make it seem like the main character is cooler. They're like, you know what? I didn't, I wasn't down with comics, but this kid collects stamps and they don't know why. It's not even that it's not even that Skipper is a nerd and that he is like good at school and also likes comics. It is that he, all he does is read comics. Well, doesn't even read. So for somebody who's so bad at school. Yeah, he doesn't even read any of them except. So the- chapter two, at the beginning of chapter two, uh, at the end of chapter one, uh, friend leaves and then Skipper sees he's got a new package. He gets the Mass Mutant comic delivered and it's the only comic he'll read. He says, uh, this is page 10 in chapter, page nine, chapter two. It says, I keep all my comic books in mint condition, wrapped in collector's bags. But there is one comic that I have to read every month, and that's The Mass Mutant. I have to read it as soon as it comes out. I have to read it cover to cover, every word and every panel. I even read the letters page, which, okay. So, and he states in the previous, in chapter one, he doesn't read any of the other comics. No. He only reads 
one comic, yes. and that is right. the Mass Mutant. And the that one makes he him just a comic book authority, and that makes him a comic authority. But also, the Mass Mutant, the one that he got today in the mail, is number twenty-four. So effectively, he's yeah. only read twenty-four so comics. Well, well, now hold on, Jeff. You're not including all the all the yearly one shots and the crossovers. And Does he read the crossover events? Is he is it Civil War with the Mass Mutant? Is he going to get those? He's ones? He's got to read those big crossover events. He's got to read those, uh, the, you know, like when the cameos, when they just kind of show up in other comics and like yeah. one panel. Yeah, right. Background character, Mass Mutant in the background of. You have uh, to have it because you're a collector. This is, this is also the mainline Mass Mutant. There's also Detective Stories Mass Mutant. <laughs> and Mass Mutant. Mutant. And then, and then uh, there's the other one where it's like Mass Mutant and. Uh, incorporated, where it's the mass right. mutant who set up many mass mutant uh, places around the world. Franchises. Franchises. Yeah, and then they have yeah. the the other the Elseworlds one, where it's like the mass Elseworlds mutant by mass gaslight, mutant where, they're, where it's a good guy. Yeah. Yep. Or where he's not a mutant. Um, but yeah, so the, we that's our first sort of like introduction to the world you of this character. To say the title. What do you mean the title? I don't know what you're that talking about. Week's the comic. It was just, oh, uh, ejaculate letters across the bottom. Oh, a tight squeeze for the sensational sponge. Thank you. The sensational sponge is a hero slash villain that I can get fully behind. Yeah. Why is that? So it's because it's squishy. It's squishy. <laughs> He's known across the universe as the sponge of steel. Yeah. Sponge. Which is which is kind of an oxymoron. It's kind um, of an oxymoron. I mean, kind of maybe deep. Steel wool, maybe. Oh, sponge of steel sponge, wool. Sponge of steel wool. Oh my. He's this kind of sponge that you use to clean your pots and pans. Okay, so this is uh, the end of chapter two. Uh, he's reading. He's reading the book. He's reading the new Mass Mutant. He's just loving it. He turned the page as the mass mutant drew near. He began to move his molecules around. That's right. We didn't explain the mass mutant's power is that he can basically turn into anything. He can move his molecules. It's like Plastic Man. Like Plastic Man, he can turn into anything. Also, Plastic Man is a fantastic that would be a uh, good one. Superhero. Because mm -hmm. you never you never decompose. You never decompose. There's actually a comic about that where he literally gets like chopped into pieces and he's at the bottom of the uh, the ocean for I think like a few thousand years. Easily until <laughs> until someone super glues it. And then they bring him all together and he's just like, I was conscious that whole time in little pieces. I'm crazy now. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, so that's the mass mutant's power. He's a, also the mass mutant. I don't know if we were distinct is a villain. Yes. He's he a bad guy. Correct. Yeah. Um, and, uh, he moves his molecules around, which basically is their way of saying, oh, you can change into anything. You can shape shift into literally anything. So he turned the page as the mass mutant drew near, he began to move his molecules around as he changed himself into a huge, really gross octopus. <laughs> there were eight drawings showing the mass mutant transform. One himself. for each tentacle. It's really hot. Uh, and then came a big full page drawing showing the enormous octopus reaching out its slimy fat tentacles to grab the helpless sponge life. Sponge life struggled to pull away, but the octopus's tentacles slid closer, closer. So close. Yeah, it's so close. I'm so close. So basically, the the next few chapters, he gets in trouble with his parents. His little sister rats him out. His little, little sister's sister, name is Mitzi. 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 Like she's a dog on the Upper West Side. M-I-T-Z-I -I, Mitzi. I don't know what that's short for. <laughs> it's not. So uh, he gets in trouble. Mitzi rats him out. Uh, his parents are like, stop reading comics all the time. Do your fucking homework. And he does it. And one of the big surprises that happens as he's reading this new comic is they finally show the... Uh, the 
the what do they base, show, Jeff? They show <laughs> what is the, it? What I'm, is it? I'm sorry. <laughs> they show the base of the mass mutant, something that they have never shown before. And it's on uh, so chapter four. It's page page 17. Uh, he's reading. Uh, he flies back to his headquarters. His headquarters. I stared down at the comic book in shock. The secret headquarters of the mass mutant had never been shown before. Oh, sure. We've been given glimpses of a room or two on the inside. I'm just like the bathroom. Yeah, I know. Like the garage. Passion pit. The Passion Pit, yes. Passion. But this is the first time the building had ever been shown from the outside. And boy, howdy, is it a building. I brought the page up to close to my face and examined it carefully. What a weird place, I exclaimed out loud. Now, when you think about, like, villain headquarters, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you could make a building look like anything. Oh, yeah, yeah, could, yeah, yeah. Like, what, do you, what would you picture for your villain headquarters? Like, a villain headquarters, I'm thinking, like, the Legion of Doom where they stood, which is, like, it's in a moat or, mm-hmm. you know, it's, yep. like, a big ominous castle. Yeah. You know, like, something kind of, like, or something very subtle or something sleek. It's, like, it has to stand out, but right. it, it's something that... Like, like uh, the Iron Man building like yeah like tony stark's tower yeah Yeah. big one uh the headquarters building didn't look like any building i had ever seen before it certainly didn't look like the secret hideout of the world's worst villain which they mean that is the best villain he's just the worst he's the most evil villain yeah he's the most effective the most effective villain the most evilest it kind of looked like a giant fire hydrant (laughs) (laughs) a very tall fire hydrant that reached up to the sky all pink stucco with a huge green domed roof that sounds uh, atrocious. So you're like, why yeah. would they do Fair that? question. Like you could, this is your book, R.L. Stein. You can do with this building whatever you want. Yeah. And what have you chosen? But a giant. It, like a big art it, piece. It looks well, like a big. Well, well, no, let me, let me read quite literally <laughs> the next two sentences. <laughs> But of course it was the perfect hiding place. <laughs> Who would ever think that the super bad guy of all time stayed hidden in a building that looked like an enormous pink fire hydrant? Boys, I hate to say it, but they've got us they, there. They got us. They, they got, got us, us there. I, no one's going to go looking for them there. I'll give it to you. So the we're introduced to the League of Good Guys <laughs> some of the some of the like creative juice that went into this book was wasted on some parts. Most of it, of it is in the names. All right, yeah. let's like so we, we we say this, but then remember, y'all remember comic books? No, yeah, let I, me I, hang on. I'm gonna just pull up list of DC comic book characters. Here's a name of a uh, of a group: the All Star Squadron. That sucks. The the new challengers. Ooh. What happened to the old challengers? Yeah, they did. They died. Uh here are the various Justice Leagues. The Justice League Unlimited. The Justice yeah. League of America. The Justice League of Antarctica. This <laughs> one like dude. Justice League Detroit. <laughs> what? I've Whoa. never heard of Justice League Justice Detroit. League Justice They're doing League. a bad job. Justice yeah. League Elite. Step up. Justice League Europe, which Justice League Elite Justice did not care <laughs> for. No. <laughs> Justice League International, which I guess they gotta be, and then Justice League Task Force. Also the Justice Society of America. I mean, names in general, like it's 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 playing on the goof factor of comics. Like I get it, but the comic League, book names. League of Good Guys just does not really flow off the tongue as no. much. No, it, it's goofy, but it is not. Uh, you should call it the Gang of Good Guys. Have some more alliteration in there. Mm, now you're thinking with gas, <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> Well, because we have the Galloping Gazelle, we're introduced that that's like basically the Mass Mutants 
main the flash the, the ultimate villain is a speedster that's pretty unique except it's a galloping gazelle it's a galloping gazelle and when i think about fast animal the first I thing that comes to my galloping mind gazelles. is not, a gazelle not not the speedy cheetah so so yeah okay we get it the names could be better but yeah most names in comics comics are goofy and dumb if you want to have a good time look up old comic book character names yeah. and enjoy yourself Look up current comic book character names and enjoy like like comics are not this high art form that's worthy of like any sort of reverence. They're 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 dumb little kid books for babies. Oh shit, we just lost that group now. Thanks. Well with dumb little kid book for baby names, Galloping Gazelle is as valid as what the, the, Punisher? Fl- the flash. Yeah, the Punisher. I'm the Punisher. I'm the Punisher. Cops misappropriate <laughs> my symbolism. Oh God, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> well, so it, it it moves forward until we get to actually plot stuff that happens, which is we uh, meet someone. We have a meet cute. Yeah, we meet the meet cute where um, our boy Skipper is going to the orthodontist. Yeah, and, uh, he is going to the orthodontist to get drilled at the orthodontist. He does. He does say, "I have to go to the orthodontist because my braces got comfortable, and he has to tighten them so they'll hurt again." Yeah. Which yeah. is very accurate. My mouth feels too good right now. Yeah, I gotta go make it hurt. I right. have to go make it hurt. He gets on the bus, talks to a girl. A girl? A whole girl. A whole ass girl. Whole 100%. Girl? A firecracker. What? A firecracker? Yeah, she's a redhead. <gasps> RL really does like the redheads. Oh, RL is the redhead with the green eyes. Yeah. That and is a thing. Her name and she's and she's a clever. She's a little. She's I I like her name is Libby. And here's their here's their meet cute. They 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 say hi. Uh, she asks if he goes to a specific school. This is chapter five. Uh, chapter five. Yeah. Uh, asking if he goes to Franklin School. She's like, what's your name? He's like Skipper. She's like, that's not a real name, is it? <laughs> He's like, it's what everyone calls me. She's like, do you live, do you live on a boat or something? She asked. She's <laughs> roasting him. Yes. Her eyes crinkled up. I could see she was laughing at me. When I was a little kid, I was always in a hurry. I told her I used to skip a lot. That's why they called me Skipper. Cute. She replied with a smirk. And then he says, I don't think I like this girl. <laughs> yes. He's like, I don't think, I don't think I like her. She's being mean. And then it's the best thing. This is what makes me love her. And he's like, I don't think I like this girl. I told myself, what's your name? I asked her. Skipper. She replied, same as yours. <laughs> No, really, he, he, I insisted. It's Libby. She said, finally, Libby Zacks, which is a pretty cool name. It is. Very comic booky. Uh, they talk a little bit. They talk about comics. Mm-hmm. And she's also a comic book collector. She right. loves the she loves those little celluloid guys. There's just <laughs> one problem. There's just one problem. And she's not a real gamer. I mean, I'm sorry. She's not a real <laughs> comic, comic book, comic book Listen, fan. Listen, it's she- not a story about any kind of passion unless there's a part where you gatekeep. It's yeah, true. got a gatekeeper. Gate he does keep, hard. Got to keep them gates, you know. She reads high school Harry and Beanhead, <laughs> which is a, which is like Archie and Jughead. Which is Archie, a story yeah. about a guy, his friend, and a threesome he's trying to yep. throw together. Hey, that's the plot. That's the plot, Archie. That is the plot. And also, I really do wish he had been Beanhead and not Jughead, because Beanhead is fucking great. I do like Beanhead. God, it's good. It does sound like a slur. Though. Sounds a bit well, slurry. <laughs> yeah, but the best comic book names sound kind of like... All the best comic book names are slurs. <laughs> and to be fair, Jughead sounds a bit like a slur also. Jughead also sounds like a slur. <laughs> Both are fuck. You yell so Jughead better. out of a car window, you're canceled. <laughs> 
So he's like, yuck. He's like, those comics stink. They don't. They're for babies, I muttered, much like JoJo said earlier. I did do that, didn't I? They're <laughs> for babies. And she's like, because she's like, what do you collect? All that superhero junk? And he's like, yeah, my collection is worth about $1,000. Well, he's, well, well, he maybe spent that much. Yeah, you might have dropped that much of your parents' money. Comics do not retain value unless it's a very specific set from a very specific period of time that are kept in a very particular, like, mint condition. Mint condition. And there had to have been some kind of scam that unrealistically inflated their value like for yeah. coins and video oh, games. Oh, that's good too. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, he, his collection is worth a lot of money and she's like in your dreams. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, Libby. And yes. he's, cause he's like, well, high school, your books, they never go up in value. Even the number ones are worthless. You wouldn't get $5 for your whole collection fucking trying to rip her down. And she says, which is, you know, the stance that I take is why would I want to sell them? Yeah. They're, they're, they're I, can, I, I like to read them. They're my friends. These books are my friends. And then he says the line, which we've heard a million different ways in a million different contexts. Ah, yes. Then you're not a real collector. Ah, yeah, yes. Jeff. There it is. Mm. There it is. But then it's okay. They bury the hatchet because she's like, are all the boys at Franklin like you? And he's like, no, I'm the coolest one. And unfortunately, because he was trying to uh, gatekeep the entire bus ride for this girl he just met, he missed his bus stop. Uh, doesn't know where he's at. He gets out. Uh, yeah, end of chapter five. As I turned, something came into view that made me catch my breath. I made my breath catch in my throat. Oh, I let out a startled cry and stared across the street. But that's impossible, I exclaimed. I was staring at a tall building on the other corner, a tall pink stucco building with a bright green domed roof. I was staring at the secret headquarters of the mass mutant. It's real, y'all. It's real. He sees the building. <gasps> he sees the building. He saw, he saw the enormous the pink fire towering hydrant into the sky. Real? Yeah, about to shoot its load at God. And that's and now and now we have all the stuff we need to have a little bit of a story. We now we have a mystery. Now yep. we have we got all the pieces are in place. We've got our primary characters. We've got Wilson <laughs> playing with the stamps at home. Well, so uh, this is the last thing that I'll talk about before I hand the baton over to middle of the book cuz it's chapter 7. So so this book takes a moment to, because he sees this building and he's a dumb kid. So his first thought is just like, oh my God, the, the mass mutant's real, right? Yep. He's like, it has to be. Complete and total logical conclusion. He has a conversation with Wilson at lunch. This is uh, chapter seven. This is page 28 for me. Uh, and he's explaining it to Wilson. He's just like, Hey, uh, he's like, and was like, it's the same building as a comic book. And he's like, as soon as I got home, I checked it out again. Same building. He's going back and forth. And Wilson says, uh, the next page, I've solved the mystery. Wilson said, he scratched his white blonde curls, a smile formed on his face. Yes, I've solved it. What? I demanded eagerly. And this becomes the most common sense thing that any of these books mm -hmm. have ever had come out of the mouth of a character. Yes. It's simple. Wilson replied, who draws the mass mutant? The artist, I asked. Jimmy Starenko, of course. Starenko created the mass mutant in the League of Good Guys. Well, I bet this guy Starenko was here one day, Wilson continued. Starenko here in Riverview Falls? Let's say Starenko's here. He's driving down the street and he sees the weird building. He stops his car, he gets out, he starts at the building and he thinks, what a great building. This building would be, would make a perfect secret headquarter building for the mass mutant. Yeah. So as opposed to this mutant being a real thing, the character that is the most boring at times in the book has the most common sense response, which is, Oh, like this building existed before the comic book, exactly. which you just got last week. Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. Yes. And I was, I was taken aback by that. 
I was like, wow. That's a totally plausible. That's a very plausible thing. It's very smart. Wilson, you're very mature, but yeah. it doesn't sit well with... Oh, no. With uh, Skipper. Skipper it wants it to be real, down. obviously. He does specifically say, but I really wanted that building to be the Mass Mutants secret. I really want it. And then the last thing, end of chapter seven, and then um, I'm done with the beginning, is he goes back to find the building, and uh, very last page of chapter seven, he found himself staring at an empty lot. The building was gone. The building was gone. The building is gone. So good. How is it gone? Why is it gone, Joe? Yeah. Joe, why was it gone? Well. Was it real? Was it real, Joe, or was it was it make believe? Caught on a landslide. <laughs> <laughs> so landslide will bring you down. The this is where we get into our what I like to call the middle of the book part. <laughs> the middle of the book problem. Now the the here's the issue with the, this is like I actually think this is a pretty good Goosebumps book comparatively speaking to some of the other trash we've had to read, <laughs> mostly because <laughs> it actually takes its time to like set up what the book is supposed to be about, which is character unable to discern reality from comic books. And they actually spend a great deal of time making sure that that's what you know about this person. All he cares about. All they care about. His whole world. Um, Not that they're like, they do have some, I would argue that this person does have some redeeming qualities. Like, yeah, like, he was an asshole about gatekeeping, but it also seemed like he was a bit self-aware, which I did appreciate. I was like, okay, like he's, he's not, not as he's bad not, as he's not as bad as worm kid. He's not as no, bad as bad as worm, worm guy who is a literal sociopath. Yeah. At least this person knows like, yeah, I'm a little obsessed. So like, but, but not so obsessed that he couldn't like flirt with a cute girl on the bus, which by the way, yeah. this is one of those goosebumps books that would benefit if they were adults. It would, it would be the same. Yeah. yeah. It would make it a lot less uncomfortable. Well, and once we get to the end of the book and, and we have a big reveal, it's going to make that whole thing seem a little bit weirder. So the, so this is the, the middle of the book is, um, they, him and Libby going to the building and then leaving again, nothing really happens in it. They go there, look at it and leave. Um, (laughs) and, and to, to, to Jeff's point of, uh, you know, just this, this thing in the, in the, like, this is, this is still in the Jeff section. So technically speaking by goosebumps bylaws, I'm not allowed to mention it, but on page 38, chapter nine, this is after he saw that the building wasn't there. The next afternoon, wearing my new sneakers, blah, blah, and blah. Saw Libby sitting near the back. Uh, on the bus again. Yeah. They're like, I, it's like, I'm going back to the building. I said, I think there's an invisibility curtain around it. <laughs> to which she says, to which she says, don't you ever just say hi, which is, <laughs> which is like, which is great. It's really, really good dialogue actually. And so I know. And then, and then he's explaining everything and then she just puts her hand on his forehead and she's like, you don't feel hot. <laughs> <laughs> she's very sassy and very clever. This Libby. Yeah. It's a lot they, they, I mean, okay. They made in a weird way, like some of the most believable, like human interactions we have read thus far are in this book. And then the two of them go and they they see the the building walking side by side. We took a step across the sidewalk towards the empty lot, then another, then another. And they took another step and the building popped into view. Ooh, it's a miracle. It is a miracle. God is real. God, God is, is real. real. Praise him. Also, uh, don't forget that uh, um, Skipper got the newest 
galloping gazelle car. yeah like 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 a day later like he from the first one we saw he gets like another yeah. one which and, clued and, him in and that's what's sort of cool because it's like it's like early edition remember that show early edition, early edition. <laughs> yes i do yes and I know it purely because of you. Yep. I've never actually seen it. It's uh so they, they got gets the the so it sees the building, doesn't see the building, sees it again. <laughs> and now it's the Libby and Skipper adventure. Yeah. Running around empty building. Skipper got his invisibility curtain idea from the fact that when he got the newest edition of the Mass Mutant comic, it Said showed it. Yeah. yes so it, he's getting he's getting hints and clues from the comic about things that are now happening it is showing him his actual lived experience it just shows him jerking it in the bathroom just a lot <laughs> of jerking it a lot, a lot of, of slamming those hams chapter 13 like most goosebumps books whenever a character goes into a spooky location if they are with somebody they are immediately separated that's right. Yeah. So what happens here is chapter 13 spun around Libby. My entire body shook. Where is you? Uh, Libby, is this some kind of dumb joke? Uh, Libby, I stopped at every door and called her name Libby, which is not a good name to yell under duress, by the Libby. way. Libby. Uh, and then we get to uh, page 56. Uh, he finds this big machine and he goes, uh, it's a printing press. I realized I lurched into the room, stepping around stacks of paper and cardboard cartons. The floor was littered with paper, ink smeared paper, crumbled, folded and ripped. And then he calls if Lib- then just randomly, he just yells out of Libby's in there, which makes no just sense. Every now and then he's just like Libby. Uh, this is fun. I, and he goes, uh, I kicked big sheets of paper away from my legs and glanced around them. A hundred questions rest in my mind. Where's Libby? How could she disappear like that? Is she somewhere this behind me? Will she follow the hallway to this big room? <laughs> also, where is everyone? Do my parents love Why me? Why is this where place Where am I going to go to college? <laughs> what is the meaning? And then we have this. this. Is this where they print the comic books? Am I in the basement of Collectible Comics, the company that publishes the Mass Mutant? Questions, questions. My brain felt like it was about to burst. I stared around the, the cluttered room. My eyes rolling past the gigantic printing press searching for Libby. Maybe she's in it. Where was she? Where? Searching for Libby. And then I turned and I saw the masked mutant staring up at me. Oh dear God. What? Oh my goodness. End of chapter. End of chapter. What? And then it was a large color drawing. Damn it. But then we get at the end of chapter 14, this is what's real. Cause this is sort of this, this is a misdirect that is a actually well executed misdirect. It's actually reasonable though, because it's like, oh, I'm in the place where they make the comics. Yeah, it's yeah, not. I mean, it's not as too far outside the realm of possibility. It makes the, sense. But then we get the end of chapter fourteen, and he goes, uh, "I never dreamed that collectible comics were made in Riverview Falls." I flipped through the sketchbook of Penguin People portraits. I guess that's a person. <laughs> I never liked Penguin People. I know they're good guys. People think they're great, but I think their black and white comics look stupid. I was having a good time, really enjoying myself. Of course, I had to <laughs> Just end. loving it. Just loving it. It ended minute. when I opened the last folder on the, on the counter and stared at the sketches inside. I, 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 I gaped in disbelief, my hands trembling. This is impossible, I cried. I was staring at sketches of me. That's a very good... That's very good. And that's, that's a good chapter break. Yes. It's very good. It's very specific. It's also almost identical to... There's an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode like this. Like... Very, very, very much. I like remember this. that one. I, this does yeah. have a very "Are you afraid of the dark?" vibe to it. Yes. Well, it's kind of kind of a supernatural sort of feel to it. Yeah. 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 Like there must be some 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 mischief afoot, some supernatural hibbity hobbity. Well, it's like it's sort of that thing of like I love this thing. Oh no! Now I'm in the now thing. Now I'm in the thing. 
That's do that's, I actually is this be? good or bad? Yes. Yeah. Uh, really, uh, really wild because it happens that uh, he that's where he encounters Libby. Libby's like, "You're fucking out of your mind. Let's get the fuck out of here. My mom's bad." <laughs> and then, yeah, and like she doesn't believe him, and it's almost like even if she had seen the thing, she'd be like, "It's just some kid walking around a building. It's not you." It's like, you know what right. I mean? Like it's that, which is what makes this sort of almost like a good story because yeah, right because it's like oh. I was maybe I am too obsessed. Yeah. I'm starting to like, see yeah, myself are. in him. And Libby is there to like fucking slap the shit out of your dumb ass. Yeah, Libby's, Libby's there. there to be, you know. She's like, motherfucker, I found the elevators. Are you fucking coming? And then he's like, but the drawings. And he, she's like, you seem like a normal guy, but you're totally weird. Bye. And then she takes off. She her reaction when she when she finally finds him is like Pleasantly realistic. Oh yeah, She's so absolutely. Not here for it. This is a very real take. I'm Libby yeah. in this situation. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's also because like he wants to. When they get to the building, he's like, "Let's investigate," and she's very much like, "We don't know." Like maybe just don't. She do is that. the voice of reason for the most part. Yeah. Constantly being like, "Don't do that." Maybe. And then we get. And this is what's really good because we have all this good, like, solid character moments where everyone's sort of like. Stuff's happening. And then we have page 66, which let me just say is probably one of the finest, the finest sequences of any, of any book. I hope this is what I think. It is. <clears throat> I hope this is, I hope this is with our friend. I Quote so from Wilson. I brought over some of my rubber stamps. Yes. 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 <laughs> I thought you might want to see some of the better ones. And then, and then Skipper replies as we might. Wilson, <laughs> I, I really don't this one is a ladybug <laughs> it's very old it's the oldest one i own here i'll show it to you wilson is your friend trying to bring over ttrpg and showing you he opened a blue ink pad stamped it and pressed it on top of paper look <laughs> look at and it and then he Did asked almost reluctantly how old is it i don't know <laughs> it's a cow <laughs> He's Wilson speaks like a six-year-old. He does. <laughs> he sounds. I studied like he the might cow, pretending to be interested. <laughs> <laughs> he's a good friend. Yeah. I mean, he's trying. He's trying. It's like, another he, really old one. Wilson said, "How old?" I asked. Beats me. <laughs> he reached for another <laughs> stamp, and then he goes, "Wilson, I just had a really weird thing." <laughs> happened <laughs> i need to think about it alone i thought stamps would give me some levity for the day but i but don't think it is I, need you to leave. I, I have a problem that honestly a cow stamp of indeterminate <laughs> age can't solve i know hard to believe if i knew how old the cow was maybe it would help but because we don't know it's just another mystery in my day and then and then wilson asks like what happened and then he's like it's a long story blah 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 i think it's where they make a review comment or the comics he's like really here and they let you in and he goes uh, you know, they basically tells the story and then he's like, I'm not following the story too well. And then he realized, and then he goes, I realized what I said didn't make any sense. How <laughs> can I explain it? Now that I hear it back. That's when you try and explain like the plot of like a comic arc to somebody who has not never read, read it. it or doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> it's never very, into comics. Very true. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> But also, I just like that Wilson doubles down in that same. He's like, because he's like, I'm not following. And then he's like, I guess I'll talk to you later. And 
he helps them gather up his rubber stamps. He brought about 20 of them. 20 of the best, he said. Best, 20 of the best. He brought you his best stamps. That's true love. That is friendship. He busted out the good ones. He it's like he that it's that broke out the cow for that eighty year old bottle of wine you've been saving. Yeah. For and, a special occasion. And this motherfucker's over here just He's like, I'm gonna you know what? I'm gonna show you the twenty of the best. It's it's important that we get this though, this little part here. Because unlike most Goosebumps books, and I cannot stress this enough, this scene makes the story better. Yes. In general. Because what it has is what we have is this is this is literally Skipper talking to himself and understanding how nonsensical the things he's saying is like it makes him doubt himself in a very yeah. real because he can't explain it in he, the same way that the, that the reason why Wilson likes his stamps Wilson can't really explain to Skipper. It's it's like it's a good it's a parallelism, like oh. like Wilson, but it's a I I would argue that it's more of a, a contrast because Wilson's interest is in these physical objects that he likes because they do something like they have a practical quote unquote application makes a ladybug make a ladybug so make, make if I make ladybug and he's it's it's so simple and uh, tactile. Yet it's looked down upon by... Yeah, and it's looked down upon, and then it also, in that moment, makes him doubt his sanity because this thing that he's wrapped up in is very obscure and unbelievable and intangible kind of... He's his mirror. Yeah, yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah. The, The cool thing, though, is that immediately after this... Yes. He gets another sanity-destroying event. (laughs) The thing he was so excited about before now is sort of an anxiety-inducing... Now it's like opening your college application response. Because he opens this thing up and it shows his... It shows a superhero about to be murdered. And what's, what's great, though, is like fucking... He's got to go back now because now have a he choice realizes it's like a thing. It's like yeah. it's yes. not just imaginary. Or is it? There's a there's a cause and effect now. Like he's worked out like yes. the, the rules of what's happening. Yes. Like so he rips open. He pulls out the comic book. The cover showed a close up of the masked mutant. His eyes glaring angrily out at the reader. A new foe for the mutant proclaimed the title. And guess who that foe is? When Skipper opens the comic book. Oh, no, it's, it's me. Which I'm also gives me one of the best things that it says in this book. This is page, uh, page 66 for me, chapter 17, where he's looking at himself and he's just internally just like, I'm a little too chubby in that drawing. Yeah, right. I love it. I I'm love it so much. Here. Which is like Arl Stein almost kind of being like, nah, maybe I've fat shamed some of these characters <laughs> maybe way too I much. Should, maybe I need to reel that in. What if the characters that I fat shamed in my Goosebumps book read the Goosebumps book that I fat shamed them in? So he's got to go back. He's got to go back, though, because if he doesn't, the, the gazelle will die. That's right. Because, oh, that's... That's the name of the superhero say. who's trapped in the headquarters that he has to go back and rescue. That's the in the newest comic. That's what is shown is that the, the, the yes mutant had trapped the galloping gazelle in its headquarters. And and Skipper's the only one that can save him. So now he's like, I got to be the hero. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm the hero of this. I got to do it. But here's the thing that's interesting. I don't know if it's if I like it or I, if I dislike it. They don't really lean into the he wants to be. They, at no point does he say, I wish I was a comic book hero. No. no. Like, he and says some like things that. that are kind of in line at the beginning, like, oh, I'm kind of the sidekick. I'm not the hero. But he's not obsessive the entire book with, like, being heroic. No, 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 no. He's not actually interested in being heroic ever at any point, which yeah. I kind of appreciate. Well, that's not completely true. Okay. That's I mean, not completely his, true. His intent isn't to do these things to go back there because he's trying to save the day until this part. You know, he wants to save the gazelle. Like, it's mostly just curiosity and, like, what the fuck is happening, it feels like. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. what is next? Chapter so, 18. Chapter 18. So this, so. Is, the, the, this is now uh, the end of the middle of the book part. And yes. when this is, again, it's weird how good this one is. Because it's structured like how a book is. It is structured like a book. The middle of the book has more stuff happening in this one than I think There's any of the other. actual like new development each time. Yes. So he's back and he takes the bus back. Libby is not on the bus this She's time. She's not. No, Libby. So now he has to go it alone, which is, you know, scary. And uh, so he walks up, walks in and hears a sinister laugh. Turns around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be actually be scary if I heard that over the loudspeakers after all of this. It was I'd a goofy terrified. laugh. I'd be fucking terrified. Yeah, so he finds out. He's like, where's it coming from? And then he's, there's a speaker on the wall, and it's talking to him. Well, not really. It's just laughing. It just him. laughs. It's just laughing. <laughs> it, thought of, it thought of a funny joke from earlier. Blah, 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 wandering around, trying to find the, the galloping gazelle who is currently the the tied up gazelle and he hears him crying out for help. So he follows the voice, leads him to a room and <laughs> finds it, finds a BDSM room, finds the BDSM room, uh, populated by his favorite comic book hero, the galloping gazelle who is alive, but tied to the chair. And real, by the way, that's and the real. other thing. Yes. He discovers the flesh and blood, Actual it's dude. like walking into a room and finding Superman, like, tied Actual to a chair. Actual, real Superman. Real yes. Superman. In his kryptonite yeah. underwear. Rope. Krypton underwear. Yes. yes. Actual alien from space, kryptonite-fearing Superman. Very restrained. He doesn't gush. He's actually yeah. more scared than ever before. He is terrified. He's not like, he's, he's not starstruck. He's, he's radically died. confused about everything kind of happening. It's all, I'm, I'm assuming very surreal. It's very overwhelming. Yeah. It, that's why I feel like the over, like the overarching vibe I get is he's very overwhelmed by everything happening. Yes. Yeah, so he struggles with the ropes a bit, but eventually unties Mr. Gazelle. And he's like, no, no, Mr. Gazelle was my father. You can call me Galvin. Call me Galvin. And, uh, <laughs> there's a odd moment about a disintegrator ray, but it turns out to be uh, a false. It, it throws in some comic booky shenanigans. Yeah. He, this is at this point in the book. Now that it's full on, like this is a comic book. Basically it's going hard on all of the comic book isms, which is just giving goofy names to different things that characters can do. Galloping gazelle at this point has kind of given up on helping um, Skipper and is, kind of like try to keep up kid 
He thinks he's a superhero too. Right. Yes. Which was reasonable because why else would he be here? Why else would he be there? Why could he would never, if I was a superhero, I would never be saved by a normie. I would only be saved by other superheroes. Yeah, no muggles allowed. Nope. <laughs> Absolutely not. And so he leads them to the mutant game room, I guess. Control room? Yeah. Some sort, of, some sort of Con- ultimate it's room. The room, the villain's vinyl lair, where the boss fight takes place. Who should appear but the Master Mutant. Finally, he attacks like the book said he would. Yeah. Exactly. Finally, we're getting some mutant action. What chapter and what? Uh, what? This is the end of chapter 21. Okay. He raised a fist at the galloping gazelle. You dare to invade my private office? <laughs> it's like his work office, the way it's set. This is where I'm working on my thesis. Very important. <laughs> Say goodbye to all this ill-gotten splendor. The galloping gazelle told the mutant, I'll say goodbye to you. The mutant, mutant, the mutant, mutant shot back, <laughs> spitting the words angrily. Then he turned his cold, frightening eyes on me. I'll handle you easily, gazelle. The world's most evil supervillain said softly, but first, watch me destroy the kid. Not and kill, destroy. This is like we're watching Toonami or watching Fox Dragon Ball Z back in the 90s. Skipper tries to run away. He does not succeed. Door slams on him. Now he's trapped with the galloping gazelle and the masked mutant. Uh, The galloping gazelle, at the first opportunity to run away, runs the fuck away and is like, literally, I quote, I'm out of here. The gazelle cried, making tracks to the door. He turned back to me. You're on your own, kid. So the gazelle got fucking uh, goofed on by the mass mutant by getting tripped when he was running fast. Yeah, and got, that made... Got that, knocked the fuck out. It was like, peace. It knocked out his rhythm. He gotta was like, go. I, I can't. I can't Good luck, kid. I gotta go fast. I gotta go fast. Yep. Good luck fighting Robotnik for me. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta hit him three times, FYI. Yeah. <laughs> and so... He moves his molecules because that's what him do. Yeah. He moves his molecules to make his arms stretch until he lifts poor Skipper above the chandelier of all things. You know, technically, we all move our molecules. We all move our molecules. That's what movement is. Yeah. But, you know, he moves them in a... In a, in a, in a threatening way. In a threatening <laughs> fashion. When I raise my fist to you, I'm also doing that in a threatening way. <laughs> When I pull a gun out and point it at your yeah, face. That's when it, yeah. I'm also moving the gun's molecules around. So the mutant lifts him up all the way to the ceiling, at least 20 feet above the floor, and his plan is to just, just drop, drop him. him. Just drop him. He's just going to drop him from 20 feet in the air. <laughs> just fucking... I, it's so practical and fun. <laughs> I had to reread that when it happened because I was like, because I read it, I think I skipped a line. I was just like, oh, did he like push him out the window or something? Is he going to drop him on the ground outside? Nope. No, he's just, he just, just lifted him. picks him up and fucking drops him. <laughs> and he dies if that happens. <laughs> And I just imagine if it doesn't kill him the first time, he would just do it again. Which, which, doing which, it is, until he's which dead. is so good. <laughs> which is fucked Let's up. Let's agree it's, that that's just so fucking good. It's so visceral and fucked up. It's not like he. It's not like he. Like if you step out a window, you're not going to see the splat. But he's going to be in the same room. <laughs> 
One of the best ways to kill someone is just drop them. <laughs> Throw them around. I didn't do it. It was gravity. Yeah. Let's, so, let gravity do the work. Goddamn good. So what saves him? Who should enter the room? But Libby. So she walks in and he's just holding this kid up. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you doing here? It'd be a confusing scene to walk into. It would be very strange. She doesn't clock the mutant at all. No, she doesn't. She's not thrown off in any way. She's, she's more like, mad at uh, Skipper about yeah, like, just Where like, the fuck were you? <laughs> we had reservations an hour God, ago. This is our anniversary. I just. So, yeah, right. So fortunately, the mutant doesn't just drop him, which would have been the easy thing to do, but uh, lets him down gently. And that's when Libby pulls a gun. <laughs> I pull out my gun. <laughs> <laughs> How did they solve the problem? Bitch pulled a gun out, man. <laughs> but even better than that fake out, she has another fake out when she says, this is a comic book, right? It can't be real. So if it's a comic book, we can do anything. She's doing Peter Pan hook rules right now. Exactly. She's doing like, she, you believe the food is there, God you can eat it. damn it. She did, didn't she? Mm -hmm. Fuck. Mm -hmm. It's the power of imagination. She brings out what is, in fact, a yellow toy gun, a squirt gun. And uh, it's like, it's not a toy. It's a molecule melter. So leave this room or I'll melt all your molecules. And Mutant's not buying it. In you know, to give him credit, it's not buying it. She's she's not backing down. She shoots the motherfucker. She shoots she the asshole. She fucking lights him up. She lights him the fuck up. And that then he just keeps coming. Yeah, that doesn't do anything. It doesn't stop. Until Until the next chapter. Yes. And then a bright white light circled his body. And my molecules! My molecules no. is melting! The light became a crackling electrical current. The mutant uttered a low groan. My molecules. My molecules. <laughs> just do that whenever you get hit. Like if somebody kicks you in the balls, just be like, my molecules. My molecules. My molecules. And then his head melts down into his mask. So is no more head. She yeah. fucking killed him. She, she kills fucking him. Okay, him. let's just. How many on-screen deaths are there in Goosebumps? Not a lot. Not many. But this guy. This guy dies in a horrific, a horrific way. His molecules are disassembled it while he's is, in him. It is bonkers. She microwaves him. Basically, yeah. he's goo. Yeah, he. She has gooed him. Yeah. He is the Wicked Witch of the West, and she is Dorothy. Then S Skipper's like, sweet, let's get the fuck out. He's like, you're my girlfriend now. Let's go. I love you. And But then she blocks him, and she's like, I'm sorry, Skipper. She raised the plastic pistol and aimed it at me. I'm sorry, she said, because you're disappearing next. You also have molecules. You are also made of molecules. Danielle, who is Libby in truth? In truth, in truth, Libby, as she says herself, there is no Libby. Here we go. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, Jeff, hey, Jeff, I fucking love this next part. <laughs> Danielle, fucking bring it home. <laughs> what happens next? 
I'm going to read about this transformation because I enjoy it. As she said those words, she began to change. Her red hair slid into her head. Her cheeks grew wider. Her nose lengthened. So I guess she's turning into a greyhound. And then she stretched up. She goes taller. Muscles bulged on her skinny arms, which is like body horror. That sounds horrific. And she grew, as she grew, her clothing changed too. Libby, what's going on? You don't catch on very fast, do you? She said, rolling her eyes. Her voice came out deep and booming. A man's voice. I had puberty all over here. I had the puberties. I'm the mass mutant skipper. I changed my molecules into a girl your age and called myself Libby. Weird implications regarding that. Hold on. Great, Hold not on. Great implications. <laughs> Hold on. What? Wait. Hold on. What? I'm sorry. What'd you do? Hey, wait, wait, wait. Go back. Hey, wait. Go back. Hey, let's go back to the part where okay. I'm 12. <laughs> and you seduced me. As a as a grown ass man, as a grown adult man, you turned because I guess this is what you really are because you changed from that to this. Like that wasn't yeah. like like Libby Libby's was not the, the real mask. person. Not the real form. Yeah, Libby's the mask behind <laughs> behind the mask. Is Libby's the Bruce Wayne. You're the mask. Yes, you're the fucking Bruce bat. Wayne Who's- is the mask. What made you choose her to look the way she looked when you thought about this, yeah, Mr. Mutant? Like, Work out your process for us. You chose her, her name, her age, her gender, her appearance. Yeah. Did you have a backstory? Did you write lore for yeah. her? What was they did was though? Remember? <laughs> they did. Yeah. They did. She, she had the comics. Wait, he went to her house. Wait a minute. That, well, no, we never actually saw never her said, house. No. Remember? No. She, we read the comics because we went to her house with her. Hold on. There is it that he does. She does share some of her. She best. shares information, but I don't think he ever goes to her house because it's always he sees her leave. Uh, let me let me see. Yeah. R- wind All right. Back. Let me pull it up. Let me pull it, it up. All right. Um, OK, this is chapter eight. Wow. This, is my, this is my fault then. Um, they're on the this is after like the building's gone or something like that. I don't know what happened. Fuck it. She said he says she says, do you want to come to my house and see my comic book collection? I was so frazzled and mixed up. I said yes. <laughs> I hurried out of Libby's house less than an hour later. Those high school Harry and Beanhead comics are the most boring comics oh, in the world. Shit. He went, so she set up a whole, a whole house. house. Of- or was she real at one point and this Libby isn't? Or maybe the mass mutant is just a big Beanhead fan? This is chapter eight. This is chapter eight. This was page uh, 33 in the digital. I, I did not catch this the first time. I thought he yeah, said no. Goes, it goes by quick. I barely it's, remember it's, it because. It's, oh, it's all it's all off screen, basically. Mm-hmm. Basically, yeah. But he goes to her house and is there for an hour. Wow, this is some purple man. There shit. should be a chapter there. Yeah. Yes. Agreed. No, it's just a quick break, which really raises the question that now we don't know. Has Libby that we've been hanging out with this whole time. Then is that that same person? Is it the same person or has it been? Or was it? What did, did, did When did he swap out? Yeah. Like where did, because I, in my head canon, I assumed that he created Libby out of whole cloth. I thought like the first time Skipper met Libby, it was actually the mutant like the whole time. 
I mean, it would, it would, but it would make sense the other way because why would the mutant want him to be inside of the? Well, I guess because he wanted a, a new villain to fight. That was yeah, the and that's that. This is where the questions come up. This is where it gets a little thornier. Yeah, this is where the book kind of lost me at the very end. But yeah, so uh, this is this is his explanation. The mutant says, "What what what page? Oh, chapter. This is the end of chapter twenty-seven. You belong here now, Skipper, he replied coldly. I knew it when I saw you on the bus for the first time. I knew you were perfect when you told me you knew everything oh. about my comics. Okay, so then he... The so it was the beginning then. Oh, shit. It's been him the whole time. But what if... What if that's yeah. just what this character would say? Because we're it in a could book be, right now. It could be a ruse. It's a ruse. He could be making shit up. It could, could be a ruse. He could be fucking around. He, he could, could just be, be, be dicking around look, fucking around. real smart. Because if, if he really did go to her house, then... Right? Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. how much of this... <laughs> it's sort of like saying, like... Oh, it was like we can't say definitively fucking anything about no. anything that's happening to Skipper because by his own admission he's completely obsessed with this and is yes. having trouble determining reality from fantasy. It's it's like trying to like definitively say what happened in the new Twin Peaks. Right. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh no, it was like, it was don't. the mass mutant the whole time. But like was it? Like we don't know. And he's be and he's bad, so he's saying he that he could be lying. He could be lying, because I mean, you know how they are dramatic. Like it just the uh, the alternative would be that this mutant set up a whole house to make it look like a kid and her family lives there to hang out with another nerd for an hour. Like that, that wasn't even necessary. It wasn't even like I had to do yeah, it because he just did it for fucking. He just did it for fun. Did it for fun. Goofs and loopals. He's maybe he's also lonely. Well, here's the thing. He was riding the bus as Libby before he knew Skipper would be there. Right? And the place is a real place. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we we could we could we could I mean, go around. Is, this and, this, and, and and this is why it's a good book. Okay, okay. So hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. So Libby has been well. In my headcanon, Libby has been mutant all along. But the motive makes me scratch my head. Okay. Because his evil grin grew wider. This is the same part, the end of chapter whatever, 21. Then when you recognized my headquarters building, I knew you were right. I knew you were ready to star in a story. I'm so sorry, Skippy. Skippy. I'm so sorry, Skippy. But the story's over. Your part has come to an end. What are you going to do? Destroy you! Danielle, how does our hero Skipper cleverly defeat the villain? Wait, I cried. I can't wait any longer. The masked mutant replied coldly. I've already wasted too much time typical on this. Typical men. <laughs> But I'm not Skipper, I declared. I'm not Skipper Matthews. There is no Skipper Matthews. Okay, let's see. Okay, wait, wait, guys. Let's see what he does with this. <laughs> I 
am the Colossal Elastic Boy. Okay. The power of lies in this book are monumental, where yes. they are all very believable and this don't need to be questioned. The moment where the Master Mutant turns into Tina from Bob's Burgers and it's just like, ah, 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 ah. So he lies and says he's using comic book logic. That's right. To like they did with the gun. Yes. And and to Skipper's credit, he's quick on his feet and he's like making up a home planet. He made up all kinds of shit. I yeah. think I think it was supposed to be that that's a character that does exist in in like comic book like it's a character uh, that I'm giving him too much credit. You're right. It yeah. could have it could have either way. Just it, as it, easily. Not, not, not super important, yeah. but anyway, yeah. point is he can stretch. That's his deal. Yeah. And that terrifies the mutant for some reason. He can't be destroyed, much like Plastic Man. Yes, much like Basically plastic. he's Plastic Man is what he is saying. He turns himself into Plastic Man. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then homeboy's like he accidentally he accidentally says the only way I can be killed is by acid. Oops. Oopsies. Oops. Oh, did I say oh, that? Oh, did I say that? Oh, no. Don't forget I said that. Okay, put you, I did say that was off record. And then. Control Z. And yep. then. Oh, boy. Bad guy does that and dies. Yep. Is he hoisted yep. by his own petard in this he situation? Is hoisted by his hoisted. own petard. The reason is stupid, but he is hoisted by his own petard. Well, because they add the they add the thing where they like, oh, also, what you don't know about the mass mutant is he can't transform back from liquids. Yeah. P.S. By um, the way, maybe we should have said this earlier, but uh, retcon cannot transform back from a liquid, so he is permanently turned himself into sulfuric acid. That that is to me the only part of this that is stupid. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. No. That, that's that's what that's what sucks for me. It's the only yeah. thing that didn't work, and the reason why is because it could have been he turned into acid and melted the building. Yeah, and, or, or like fell through like, yeah, the floors into the middle of the earth or something like that. It's, yeah. it's basically like the reason. It's not that it's bad because it's a terrible thing to have happened. It's bad because like that to me is the only logical problem in this is it should have destroyed the building and and his evidence that any of this ever happened. That's what I thought was going to happen, which would have made this like a perfect just it, it literally could have. It, it, to defeat him, he could have been like, oh, water is the thing that kills me. Oops. It didn't have to be hydrochloric acid, something so specific. But when he says acid, you're like, okay, oh, that's right. interesting. That seems plausible. Yeah. I no. Mean, acid destroys a lot of things. Nope. No, it's just that he can't come back from being liquid. He could have been like, uh, a Diet Coke is my, uh oh, no. Oh, I got to drink you up now. <laughs> Yeah, you could drink him. Could you could drink him down. If he had made him turn into a Diet Coke and drank him, you and that's how he him. defeated him. Dude, and then, and then you're going to pee him out later and be like, bye-bye. But then, but the outcome is so, like, it may as well have just been, it's as easy. It was very as, flat. It's as easy as going, like, my weakness is uh, if you stand right there, and then you do it, <laughs> and it's like, oh, no, you beat me. Uh, it's like, it's like. But it's also the thing is, if that's his one weakness, the in how context has that never this, come up before? And why would he do it knowing that it's yes, his one weakness? Right? Knowing that, like, I can't turn back into a person from a liquid. His weakness is is memory for himself because he can't remember well, what he's weak. The only weakness. reason why this is the counter argument that I guess R.L. Stein is trying to make, <laughs> if 
we are to accept that Skipper has an encyclopedic knowledge of comic books, and now he is in a comic book. The characters wouldn't know certain things about themselves. Right. So right. it is plausible that the masked mutant, mutant doesn't know what his own weakness is. <laughs> it's only been revealed by the comic books. But if that were true, we should have known it beforehand. Yeah, yeah. or they should have been like, oh, like they don't, he could have been like a throwaway line, like, oh, he's fighting the good the good guys. Uh, if only they knew, if only they knew what his, you know, one secret weakness, one secret weakness was that even the, even the mutant himself doesn't even know. There should have been a part at the start where, where Wilson was like, but what makes what makes the mutant interesting if he can't like uh you know be killed and then and then he could say like well there's this obscure story about this one you know what I mean like yeah, yeah special edition there was this writer they had on and they fired immediately so <laughs> they retconned it yeah but the fact they, that they didn't just made this dumb bullshit that's why I just that's why when I was saying like I like this whole book until this part where it just felt like R.L. Stein wanted to be done yeah and, and just and just be finished yeah like, it doesn't feel like things get tied up it feels like things get just dropped well everything after this so I mean the, the spoiler on the whole ending is that like oh he defeats him and he goes home yeah he just he's like peace out and he like hangs out with his sister yeah he goes and plays frisbee with and his he, sister and he accidentally uh, well he cuts his hand and it turns out he has ink for blood. Which we already oh, knew. Let's okay. Yeah, let's earlier. Let's, here's what I wanted the ending to be. Give it to me. Give it to us. I wanted the ending to this book to well. I mean, like he defeats the mass mutant, and and in my perfect version, the building is melted, so all the right. evidence is gone. Right. So he can't go back to it and be like, see, yeah, see, it's real. And the store, and then it's him going home and being like. The whole thing is Libby. Like it's like him realizing, like, maybe I am too obsessed. Like maybe Libby, like Libby wasn't real or what? Like he's just doubting everything because he's he sure, survived, yeah. but now he does. Like it's it's over now. But what is it being over? But then he goes home, and he's like, he's he, he, we can even do the whole like relieved goosebumps character ending, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and then like mm -hmm. his mom is like, your friends here, and then it's like. Oh, uh, yeah, just tell Wilson to come up and, and his, like, then his mom Wilson. pops in and is like, it's not Wilson, honey. Not and then Wilson. she like is happy. Cause it's like, oh yeah, he's talking to girls now. And he goes down and it's Libby there. Oh yeah. She back. And then he's, and then like, whatever, there's some vamping bullshit. And then everyone <laughs> walks away and then she just makes eye contact with them and just smiles. And that's the end of the story. That would that be good. awesome. Yeah. They there's a lot of things they could have done. This would have been a very easy ending to write, interestingly, and they didn't do that. Yeah, there's a lot of like really interesting turns it could take without too much effort. Yeah, the point is this: this is the dumbest possible. This is, this is the, the worst this is possible. the this is the ending that we got because he left the game on for ten hours and that ruined his score at the end. You know exactly. Like, this is because he ate up his hard drive. It's a wet fart of an ending. Yeah. There we go. It's it's That's it's it's beautiful. so unsatisfying. Yeah, I like the book until the end. One of the better ones. Yeah. One of the ones that we could easily say, man, Goosebumps was cool, huh? All right. Well, good job, team. Yeah. High five. 
Thank you to the band Dog Party for the use of our theme song, Bad Dream, off of the album Hit and Run. It's a wonderful song by a wonderful band. You can check it out at dogpartylive.com and dogparty.bandcamp.com. Geese Bumps is a piece of comedy content from the Mom Hat Comedy Crew. You can check out the things we do at mom-hat.com or mom-hat.com. They are the same website i don't know why i said it that way uh we also have merchandise for this show at teespring and t fury t fury uh t public t public t public one of the t's uh you can get yourself a geese, a geese bump shirt or a mom hat shirt or a sweater i have one i like it very much uh the next episode of the show is going to be coming out on blah, 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 blah. this would be coming out on the 23rd so the 6th then we're going to be reading the next in a long line of goosebumps <laughs> titles <laughs> My hairiest adventure. Oh, my, my hairiest adventure. Goosebumps number 26. Intriguing. It is uh, looking like a werewolf book. Uh, Danielle, is there anything that you would like to say to the folk? I would just like to say that uh, if you could leave us a five-star review, that would be super, super helpful and good. It helps other people find us. Um, or if you don't want to leave a review, you could... Just recommend us to a friend. And if you want to, that- and if you want to do neither, just continue enjoying this high quality entertainment for free. And if you don't want to do that, write an essay, five if, pages. Yeah, write a five page essay on why we are. are. If you don't tell people yes. about our show, it is privateering. It's true. <laughs> it's not you piracy, are privateering, but it is privateering. <laughs> so it's it's illegal adjacent. <laughs> If you don't recommend us to someone. <sighs> you will go to jail if you don't tell people about us. Correct. Yes. And that jail will be a jail of the, it will be a jail of your own making because of all the, yeah. all the privateering guilt. Okay. All right. Well, Danielle, you want to give us the last passage then? Yeah. All right. So Mitzi and Skipper are in the kitchen. Skipper is cutting a piece of chocolate cake for both of them. But I slid the big knife over the cake. It slipped. Ow! I cried as the knife blade cut the back of my hand. I raised my hand and started... Oops, let me do that again. I raised my hand and stared down at the cut. Hey, I muttered in surprise. What was trickling out from the cut? Not blood it was red blue yellow and black ink cool mitzi cried where's that new masked mutant comic i asked i suddenly had the feeling that my comic book career wasn't over does he piss yellow blue red and black as well we can imagine Anytime he has to give a urine test, people are very, very, very concerned. concerned. When he shoots a load, what's it like? Oh, yeah. That's, oh, it's weird. It's weird, baby. It's hard to hide your ink-stained socks. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Who ruined my good towels? My name is... Uh, Jesus H. Christ. My name is JoJo, <laughs> and I have a PhD. My name is Mitzi, and I have a PhD. My name is Jeff, and I have... 1,300 mint condition comics sitting 10 feet away from me. You know how much they're all worth? How much, Jeff? About $10. <laughs> this, is, this has been Geesebumps, a Did You Mean Goosebumps podcast. And until next time, see you.
stay out of the basement. Just like somebody I used to.